do we need to declare a pandemic amnesty? Let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from the Stratus IP Studios here in lovely, lovely Eastern Indiana. Don't let outdated technology or cyber attacks put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholshow.com forward slash Stratus IP and get your free one-on-one business technology consultation again at briannicholshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. Stratus IP, business technology simplified. All right, folks. Well, thanks for joining to today's episode. Yeah, and we're going to answer that question. Do we need to declare a pandemic amnesty? It's a question that was raised in a recent article over at The Atlantic Well, if you've been listening to the program for the past two and a half years during the COVID insanity, I think you know my take, but we're going to go ahead and read said article and also give my perspective. But first, going to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor. And this is super important. If you are an elected official, if you are a candidate, or if you are a business owner, yes, this uh, sponsor is a great fit for you. And that is Right Strategies. Now, folks, you know the challenge. You're out there trying to create some compelling content either to get voters to pay attention or to get uh, folks in the business world to pay attention. It's tough being able to make a difference in that digital landscape. Well, look no further to help you out. Right Strategies is going to be the perfect partner to help you not only excel in business, but also to win your elections. They have great tools such as their SMX testing feature that can go ahead and help you reach tens of thousands of voters, helping expand your reach and helping you not only crush your numbers in in business, but also crush your elections. Want to learn more? Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash RSY. You're going to go ahead and get a free, yes, free business snapshot for your marketing report or an election uh, report card as well. Entirely free. All you have to do, of course, is let our friend Morgan and her amazing team over at Right Strategies know that I sent you one more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash RS, amplifying your message where voters and customers spend their time. All right, folks. So uh, yes, on to today's episode, and I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So I want to go ahead and uh, talk about this article written over at The Atlantic. And by the way, if you're joining us here on the audio version of the show, we have a video version of the show as well. Head to briannicholshow.com, uh, and you can check out the audio or the video version that is over on YouTube, Rumble, or on Odyssey. So uh, joining us there uh, right now, I'm going to start here. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. This is by Emily Oster from The Atlantic. Her uh, subtitle here, we need to give one another, uh, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read through this uh, on our episode today. So please uh, bear with me as we're going through, and I'm definitely going to give you my my uh, feedback. <laughs> but uh, let's start things off here. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made for myself. We had a family hand signal which the person in front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Once we yelled, uh, or once when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing! These precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, 
No one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was uh, vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. Really? Really? So to start, and and this, (laughs) this is the part that it just drives me crazy, is that Folks like Emily here are just pretending that basic immunology, basic uh, basic uh, epidemiology didn't exist prior to March of 2020, February of 2020. We had Anthony Fauci on camera saying that cloth masks would do nothing to prevent the spread and transmission of a virus months, years before the coronavirus outbreak in the beginning of 2020, and yet all of a sudden he changes his tune, but... Emily says we couldn't have known. We couldn't have known that this this virus was going to behave unlike any virus and actually attack people when you're outside in fresh air. No, we we did know. And and I think that's one thing before we we move forward this article, it is so important for us to stop the the <laughs> The, the lie. It is an absolute lie that we didn't know. Yes, you did. You did know. But what you did was you let your fear take over your ability to rationalize, to reason, to use logic. I'm sorry. No, you did know, but you chose to act in a different way and to act on your fear. That's what happened, Emily. Let's continue. I've been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm teaching at Brown University on COVID. Oh, she's smart. Uh, We spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we had to make under the conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Some of these choices turned out better than others. To take an example close to my own work, there was an emerging, if not universal, consensus that schools in the U.S., were uh, closed for too long. The health risks of school in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the cost to students' well-being and educational progress were high. The latest figures on learning loss were alarming, but in spring and summer 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. See, now this this is where the, the gaslighting... No, see... <laughs> First of all, the the idea now she she mentions the word consensus, right? And that now it's a consensus that is if not universal that the schools were closed too long. Well, guess what? The consensus air quotes that was talked about at the beginning of the pandemic was that we had to shut down schools. So maybe just maybe Emily, the idea of judging how we should dictate our society on consensus isn't the best of ideas, especially when that consensus is wrong. I almost said the Joe Biden, the creepy, it's wrong, whisper. Sorry, I wasn't going to do that. But also, she goes in to talk about in the spring and uh, summer of 2020, we only had glimmers of information. Well, why is it that that schools in Europe remained open? Why is it that we see schools in, in places like Florida reopen and have no issues? It's because you didn't want to pay attention to that data. Actually, it's because we weren't allowed to share this information. If I even tweeted something remotely similar to this, I would have gotten banned, suspended, the very least. Facebook would have put a big check underneath my, uh, a fact check underneath my my post. 
Of course we, we're, we're upset and we're not taking these words too seriously because I don't believe you. I know that you knew that this was insane back in 2020 and that you refused to acknowledge it because you wanted to let fear drive the way. And also a lot of people like the fact that they were able to then feel they were doing something virtuous. Look at me. I'm putting a face covering on to make it look like I'm a good person. Please. You want to talk about wearing your politics on your sleeve? Continuing. Another example, when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative uh, efficacy, sorry, of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA options from Pfizer and Moderna. The mRNA vaccines have one out (laughs) to be uh, determined there, but at that time, many people in public health were either neutral or expressed a J&J preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Well, I don't know. There was a lot of us who were saying, maybe it's not a good idea to, you know, just rapidly produce a massive uh, mass scale injection across a global scale and not really have too much definitive testing. Maybe that's not a good idea. It's not a matter of saying that, you know, we weren't uncertain. Actually, we were quite certain that that might not be a good idea. And and to say it wasn't nefarious, I mean, let's look at all the stuff that we are finding now that was hidden behind the scenes, things that the, the drug companies and a lot of our elected officials and uh, non-elected bureaucrats, they in fact did know. Yeah, that, that did happen. So obviously, continues Emily, some people intended to mislead and made wildly irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health com- uh, community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? That was bad. Misinformation was and remains a huge problem, but most errors were made by people who were working in earnest for the good of society. Oh, hold on, Emily. So this is the, nobody said inject yourself with bleach. And and anybody who actually listened, she's referring to what Trump said when he was talking about, there was some science uh, scientists that he had met with, I think it was that day or the day earlier, who were talking about a possibility of using something of a substance that was, quote, bleach-like, but it wasn't actually bleach, obviously. He's Trump. He's trying to take what he hears in science talk and and speak it to an average person, but also to make it so he understands what it was as well. Obviously, it's not bleach. And the fact that people ran with this narrative, just like the horse paste narrative, I hit my table too hard, sorry, the horse paste narrative with, uh, can I say ivermectin? Am I going to get stricken down now for saying that word, the I word? Um, But no, that was also a narrative that was was wildly run with. But other drugs also like hydroxychloroquine, I mean, rather, that was also uh, shown that it was semi-effective, but also was pushed to the side. But then other drugs like remdesivir was pushed forward and ended up killing more people. Well, how does that happen? Uh, is it nefarious or is it uncertainty or is it a combination of both? Continuing. Given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was taken on every topic. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right and someone else was proved wrong. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. Ooh, and in other instances, they had a pressing understanding of available information. That people who got it right, for whatever reason, may want to gloat. Those who got it wrong, for whatever reason, may feel defensive and retrench into a, a position that does not accord with the facts. All this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive the culture wars, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and untimely and unproductive. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right 
and uh, had a hefty element of luck. And similar, uh, similarly, getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing. Treating pandemic choices as a scorecard uh, on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. Well, I'm sorry, Emily. Some of us were told that you couldn't go to see your family members in the hospital, go and grieve when your loved ones pass away. There were those who missed the birth of their children there are families who were just absolutely crushed when their businesses were shut down because they were ruled unessential. So maybe, Emily, maybe, just maybe, I know that you're super duper smart and brown professor and such, but maybe there's more to this than scoring points. Maybe it's because your incessant need to take your fear porn and your hypochondria and put it into policy, and that negatively impacted millions of Americans to the point that many of them are never going to be able to recover. Maybe, Emily, that's the problem. Maybe it doesn't have to do with the fact that they're looking to score some one-up point in the culture wars, but rather that you advocated openly and gleefully the destruction of their livelihoods. Just a thought. We have to put, continuing, we have to put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. We can leave out the willful purveyors of actual misinformation while forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make with imperfect knowledge. Los Angeles County closed its beaches in summer 2020. Ex post facto, this makes no more sense than my family's masked hiking trips. But we need to learn from our mistakes and then let them go. Will, hold on. Will you? Will you learn from your mistakes, though, Emily? Will you? Because I haven't seen that. I'm still hearing the conversations about the need for us to continue to mask. I'm still hearing teachers in the teacher unions, the government teacher unions, the public sector teacher unions argue that we should have restricted learning. I'm still seeing the idea that we need to be advocating folks have a vaccine or to, to go to certain restaurants in, in certain big blue cities. So really? Have we moved forward? I don't think so. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Continuing. Because I thought schools should reopen and argue that kids as a group were not high risk, I was called a teacher killer and a genocidier. I don't know, I don't speak French. It wasn't pleasant, but feelings were high, and I certainly don't need to dissect and rehash that time for the rest of my days. Moving on is crucial now because the pandemic created many problems that we still need to solve. Student test scores have shown historic declines, more so in math than in reading, and more so for students who were disadvantaged at the start. Surprise! It's almost as if some of us said that from the very beginning, Emily. Continuing, we need to collect data, experiment, and invest. Is high dosage tutoring more or less cost-effective than extended school years? Why have some states recovered faster than others? 
We should focus on questions like these because answering them now will help our children recover. Well, here, here's a thought, Emily. You might not like the answers. You want to go look at Florida? Let's go have a conversation about why Florida is doing so well. As a matter of fact, let's go have the conversation why so many red states that either shut down and then immediately opened thereafter when they started to get more of the data or didn't shut down at all. Those states seem to be doing quite hot. As a matter of fact, a lot of those states are seeing an increase in population because because a lot of the blue states and the blue cities that shut down, they are they're hemorrhaging their their populace. Like Pennsylvania, New York, California. I just moved from Philadelphia to a red state like Indiana. Why? Because f that. You think I'm gonna allow a, a, a Philly mayor and his health department to determine whether or not I'm gonna be allowed to go to a business because I haven't taken an experimental vaccine and not covered my face with a diaper? Screw you. And guess what? I'm taking my tax dollars with me. And millions of other folks took that that route as well. And guess what? That's the reason why we're, we're making the move here. And, and I, I ask, have you learned? Do you want to have that conversation, Emily? Open invite in the show, by the way. Love to have a conversation. And I apologize if I'm a little heated. But this is something I, I can't take the gaslighting. And, and frankly, I don't believe you. I don't believe you want to learn. I think you want to have the, the people like me, the folks who have been having to spend the past two and a half years be called science deniers, that we don't want to trust the experts because we want to see grandma die. That that rhetoric, yeah, that maybe got a little, a little heated. But I also don't believe you in saying you want to make amends. I believe you want to shut up. But do you actually want to, to learn? Do you want to see what worked? Or do you want to hear your experts tell you, well, if we'd only masked harder, if we had only done things better, if we'd only taken things more seriously, then, hey, you know what? If we just all done what we were told, none of this would have happened. Yeah, that that's why, Emily, because I don't believe that you actually want to hear what works. I think you want to hear people tell you you were right, and it's okay that you, you 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 didn't have actual success from your ideas. They would have worked if we had only done what you had told us to do. If only we had masked when we were hiking with you, or your child had screamed louder at that child, probably like you had coached them to, because social distancing, continuing. Many people have neglected their health care over the past several years. Notably, routine vaccination rates for children for measles, uh, per- pertussis, that's a fun one, I haven't heard of that, etc., are way down. Rather than debating the role of messaging about COVID vaccines had in this decline, we need to put all out our energy in bringing these rates back up. Oh, time out. Is it that or is it a matter that we've also seen pre-screenings and, and such in health across the board for cancers, for, I mean, you name the, the preventative issues that are out there, for the preventative measures, those screenings plummeted during 2020. Of course, that includes vaccinations. I love how she's like, oh, well, maybe it's the, the people who are skeptical, the vaccines. That's the reason people aren't, aren't getting their kids vaccinated for measles. No, it's probably because parents were terrified of sending their kids to the, the hospital to go get their shots or go to the doctor, get their shots when we were, we were conditioned by the, the media and folks like you, Emily, to believe that if you were next to somebody who was a normal breathing person, but they weren't wearing a mask, that they were a threat to you and that they could give you a, a disease, a virus that you can't see. Maybe that's why they didn't go to the hospital, not because they were questioning the vaccine, Emily, but also maybe they should be questioning the vaccine, especially for their kids, Emily. 
Also, uh, continuing Emily's article, pediatricians and public health officials will need to work together on community outreach and politicians will need to consider school mandates. Uh, <laughs> pardon my language, parents, earmuffs. The fuck they will. You think you're going to mandate putting vaccines for kids to go to schools? The CDC is already trying to do that. And guess what? Thank God there's a Republican governors out there. And yeah, by the way, libertarians, this is why it's important for us to get out of our, pardon the expression, autistic ways and allow ourselves to look at the reality that, yeah, having a Republican governor was almost guaranteed a better outcome than if you were in a state with a, a Democrat governor. And if you were in a state with a Republican governor, I'm sure that's hard to believe. I promise you, it's the reality. So that's why it's so important. But also, you think you're going to go ahead and force kids to get this vaccine every six months in order to, to continue to be up with their boosters? Is that the game we're playing? That's for kids to go to school? And then what, go to college they have to get to get vaxxed, and then they're going to have to get boosted in order to go to college every single year. When does this end? Will it end? I've said this before. It's not going to end until we say it ends. Continuing. And by the way, this is the end of the article. The standard saying is that for those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. But dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Let's acknowledge that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty and try to work together to build back and move forward. Well, well, I don't know, Emily. I disagree. Uh, mainly because I don't believe you. Yeah, people who do forget history are condemned to repeat it. But that also means we do have to actually acknowledge the history and you don't want to do that. That's the problem because it's going to require you to actually sit down and acknowledge what you did, what a lot of other folks like you did. And and here's the, the thing, right? We're never going to get Emily, and I'm talking to you now, audience. Hello. I'm done being heated, Brian. We, we have to talk about how do we, how do we move forward in a world with many Emilys <laughs> out there writing articles for the Atlantic. And the reality is, is that she's not our market. She is our competition, though. She's writing articles like this because she's trying to be persuasive to a, a market of people who are trying to figure what the hell just happened. What the past two and a half years, they have gone from two weeks to slow the spread to I need to get an everlasting booster in order to, to consider myself safe. That's where we're at. And we've gone from zero to a million and we're still having a lot of folks playing catch up. So what we have to do is not try to convince Emily that she's wrong. I'm pointing to my screen here, by the way. Um, we have to avoid that mentality of like, yeah, obviously Emily is wrong. Obviously Emily is trying to gaslight her audience. What we have to do and what I'm trying to do here today and I'm trying to instruct you to do is to take this argument that she's she's promoting, rip it to shreds and and present what actually happened. Give the facts, give the truth and and do so in the way that we effectively know works. Meeting people where they're at on the issues they care about. You know somebody who's got a kid Talk to them about the vaccine mandate for kids to go to school. You know somebody who's a small business owner? Talk to them about the businesses getting shut down and, and crushed. You know somebody who's a laborer? Tell them about the uh, differences between essential and non-essential employees. Let's, let's have this conversation, but also make sure that when we are setting the record straight, that we're never letting folks like Emily try to set the, the, the narrative. Anyway, how much of history? I mean, th this is the part that this pandemic has really taught me. I don't know about you. How much of history... <laughs> is just BS because we're seeing folks like Emily in real time try to rewrite 
the narrative, trying to gaslight people what we just all lived through. How much of history is just that? How much have we read in our textbooks is just that? I'm asking genuinely. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm sure a lot of us, our brains are going to start to melt trying to really go into those rabbit holes. But when you see it happen in real time, it, it reaffirms why it's so important for us to do what we're doing. We talked about this months ago with our good buddy there, Caleb Franz, who, by the way, just got a brand new freaking book deal. Really excited for that. I'm excited to have him on the show in the future to talk about that. But we talk about the importance of us setting the narratives now and telling history in, in our words, because if we don't, people like Emily, they're going to. And they're going to say it like this. You want your, your grandkids reading this Atlantic piece one day in their history class and, and say like, there were good people like Emily who were trying to bring things together, but the evil misinformation Republicans and Libertarians, they just wouldn't have it. That's, that's going to be the narrative. If you don't do your part, if we don't go out and effectively sell our ideas to your average person who lived through this BS over the past two and a half years, that's your challenge and your mission should you choose to accept it. All right. That's what I have for you guys today. Uh, I think I'm going to leave it there. So uh, to answer the question, do we need to declare a pandemic amnesty? Uh, no, no. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to double down and we're going to continue to make sure that people like you never have a position of power again, Emily from the Atlantic. Well, the hell's her name? Emily Oster. I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and give her the dignity of getting her name. But if you want to check this article out, uh, I mean... I'm not going to link to it, but you can go check it out on the Atlantic. Uh, yeah, I, I want to make sure, and I'm sure that you do as well. People like Emily never have the ability to determine what we are allowed to do with our livelihoods based on fear. And I, I'm tired of this, this, you know, this complete rejection of reality and the attempt to gaslight your average person. It's, it's despicable. To quote Hillary Clinton, it's deplorable, and uh, frankly, it's it's unacceptable. So what are we going to do about it? We're going to do this. We're going to have these conversations and tell the truth. So if you enjoyed today's episode and you got some value and you think, yeah, what Brian said today, spot on, well, do me a favor then. Go ahead, give today's episode a share. When you do, go ahead and tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, Truth Social, uh, TPN, you name the network, I'm likely on there. Tag me at B Nichols Liberty. Also, by the way, join us over on the uh, YouTube Odyssey and Rumble pages if you have not done so yet. Yeah, you can check out the video version of the program. It's uh, at B Nichols Liberty. When you go there, just do me a favor. Hit that little subscribe button and also the little notification bell so you're not missing a single time we go live. And then uh, also, if you could do me a favor, and guys, this is uh, two, two different parts to this. And this is really uh, how you can help the show as we grow here and we're reaching more people. Well, number one, and I talked about this uh, last week, I wanted to give you guys a chance to get something in return from supporting the show. So over at our shop at briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop, and it's a part of the Proud Libertarian store, you can go ahead and check out. I uh, designed a couple of new uh, art, uh, different graphic design pieces that I, so my behind the scenes thing, I like to do graphic design stuff. I've always enjoyed that. So I did some design pieces uh, and I put them over in the shop. We have our Liberty Legends uh, shirt with a lot of our liberty icons like Ron Paul, Thomas Sowell, Murray Rothbard, Milton Friedman, and all those in between as their younger selves uh, have our, uh, <laughs> our, our uh, now that's what I call tyranny shirt featuring Klaus Schaub from the World Economic Forum. Uh, what happened in 1971? No farmers, no food.
food. Our uh, meet people where they're at, sell Liberty shirt and more. So if you want to go ahead and check that out. Oh, by the way, I'm wearing one of our shirts right here. The Magic Money Tree. I'll lean to the side here. Uh, as you can see, Magic Money Tree, which is the Fed, of course. And we got our Magical Unicorn and Leprechauns there. Um, I designed this shirt as well. So you can get all these over at briannicholshow.com forward slash shop. Just And do yourself a favor. Use code TBNS at checkout. Makes a great gift for uh, your loved ones, stocking stuffer, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be. These A lot of these shirts are unisex. Um, also, we have some hats over there. Got a brand new it's a flat cap. Don't hurt people. Don't take people's stuff. So lots of great stuff to go ahead and check out over at Brian Nichols Show Shop, number one. Number two, uh, if you want to go ahead and support the show uh, just as a supporting listener, well, there's a couple of different ways you can do that as well. Patreon, $5 a month. Uh, you get also our, our morning sales huddle behind the scenes, which also goes out to our folks who join us on our morning sales huddle email list. Um, but also, number two, you get a one-on-one monthly with yours truly. Any questions you ask, I will answer them specifically in that group. $5 a month over on Patreon. Or if you want to make a one-time PayPal donation, you can do so as well over at briannicholshow.com forward slash support. And if you made it all the way to this part of the episode, congratulations, because that means you get to hear the exciting giveaway that we're going to be doing. Yeah, you are going to be able to pick one of our brand new shirts. I know, exciting for free. All you got to do, and there's a couple different ways you can enter. Number one, you can go ahead and uh, you're going to get different submissions based on which of these you do. So number one, if you do a five-star rating and review, send me the screenshot uh, via email to brian at briannewelshow.com. That is one entry into the drawing. If you go ahead and join uh, either our Patreon as a $5 a month subscriber, or if you do a one-time PayPal donation, that will go ahead and give you five entries. And if you go ahead and sign up for our morning sales huddle and also sign up as a $5 per month subscriber or do a one-time PayPal donation, you will also go ahead and be entered in with 10 enterings. So uh, yes, definitely a great opportunity for you folks who want to go ahead and get some awesome swag and also go ahead and uh, help support the show. Uh, So go ahead. You have now until the end of the year. So that's your uh, mission should you choose to accept it and uh, also get some free stuff along the way. Uh, So with that being said, it's all I really have for you today. Uh, Otherwise, last week, so it was you and me one-on-one for both of our episodes on Thursday and Friday because I was out Monday through Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, we talked about Justin Amash talking about uh, what sells and he believes democracy sells. I said, I don't think so. I think there's other things that sell better. I talked about that on Thursday and then uh, Dave Smith's over on a part of the problem. He talked about how do we effectively sell our ideas. I addressed that. There's a couple of things he brought up there I wanted to uh, quickly review. So if you want to go ahead and check out those episodes, well, I'll go ahead and include both those episodes right here below. So we have uh, that for you if you're joining us again over on the YouTube version of the show. Otherwise, if you're joining us on the podcast, version of the program click the artwork in your podcast catcher it'll bring you right over to briannicholshow.com where you can find today's episode yesterday's episode by that i mean friday thursday's episode and plus all 615 15 i think other episodes yeah 615 episodes of the brian nichols show so uh thanks guys really appreciate it and by the way over there also all links and transcriptions are included for those who want to go ahead and follow along read along whatever it may be so thank you guys i really appreciate you joining us and if you got some value again Again, hey, I'm going to keep stealing it from Tim Pool because I can. Be the notification. Share today's episode. Tell your friends. And again, when you do, tag me at B Nichols Liberty. All right. That's all I have for you. Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. 
enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.